0: Let's take our Bibles to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, we're going to title Psalm 37 A Song of Security. A Song of Security. Now, this psalm is written to give assurance to the righteous that they are secure in God's care. This assurance comes not only theologically, because we know that God is on the side of the righteous, but it should also be coming experientially. Over David's lifetime, he has seen the wicked. Come to a bitter end. Psalm thirty-seven offers some real wisdom and perspective on that age-old question of the prosperity of the wicked. Lord, why does the wicked seem to prosper? And at the same time, Lord, why do the righteous seem to suffer? And we're going to break this psalm down into six sections. First of all, verses one and two, we're going to see the character of the godless. Verses three to eight, the confidence of the godly. Verses nine to fifteen, the lot of the godless. Verses 16 to 34, the lot of the godly. Then we'll see the judgment of the godless, verses 35 to 37. And finally, in verses 38 to 40, the justice of the godly. So let's go back to the beginning of the psalm, at verses 1 and 2, and see the character of the godless. Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious towards wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. The psalmist begins with the consolation, Do not fret because of evildoers. The verb fret is a very strong term that means to literally burn with anger. Don't burn with anger over evildoers. And the anger that is warned against comes from envying the workers of iniquity. Don't, don't envy their apparent success in this world. You know, whatever the power that evildoers or the godless have now is going to be gone in a moment. They are going to be cut down, literally mowed down like grass and wither as the green herb dies in the hot summer sun. Verse 3 to 8. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of Him who prospers in His way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil doing. Let's consider the confidence of the godly in verses 3 to 8. You see, rather than you and I worrying about the wicked, we're exhorted to trust in Yahweh and obey Him. The word trust there literally means to have security in the Lord. Be secure in the Lord and do good. You know, we're to live according to His promise. We're to be nourished by God's character. We're to feed on His faithfulness. And then He tells us to delight ourselves. The word delight literally means to have mental satisfaction. We're to be mentally satisfied with Yahweh. And as we are satisfied in Him, He'll give us the desires of our heart. Now this doesn't mean our selfish desires will be granted, though God does promise to care for His people. It does mean, though, as we delight in Him, in His ways and His will, He's going to transform us, and the desires of our heart will be in conformity to His will. And not only are we to trust in Him and delight in Him, but we're also to walk in His ways. Commit your way to the Lord. As we walk, we're to trust in Him. And if, as we do, He will bring it to pass. You see, our job is to surrender to God's will. And as we surrender to God's will, we're going to shine with God's character. And therefore, we can rest in the Lord. That's what we're to be doing. We're simply to trust in Him. We're to delight in Him. We're to walk according to His ways. And then we're to rest in the Lord. You know, it disturbs me because I find less and less Christians doing any of these things, but particularly this one, resting in the Lord. The word rest means be silent and wait. In other words, Christians, sit down and shut your mouth. Our attitude needs to be one of patience before God. We don't need to fret what's going to happen, what are we going to do, what about this, what about that, no, Fretting only causes harm. It only harbors anger and only causes us to end up rebelling against God. If we're going to be godly, then we need to rest in God, we need to walk according to His ways, we need to delight in Him, we need to trust in Him. Notice verses 9 to 15, the lot of the godless. This is why we don't want to be like the godless because notice, evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord... That's those who are resting in the Lord. They'll inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the wicked man will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. The humble will inherit the land. He'll delight themselves in abundant prosperity. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him, for he sees his day coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and bent their bow, to cast down the afflicted and the needy, to slay those who are upright in their conduct. Their sword will enter their own heart, and their bows will be broken. Again, here's why we need to be resting in the Lord. Here's why we need to be walking according to His ways. Here's why we need to be delighting in Him and trusting in Him. Because evildoers are going to be destroyed. If we wait on the Lord, we'll possess the land. Verse 10 expands on the thought that the wicked in his place are going to pass away quickly. Verse 11 repeats the thought again of verse 9. The meek are going to inherit the earth. The righteous are going to have security and wholeness. But again, this doesn't come by taking the land. We inherit the land. We don't take what we think is ours but rather let God give it to us in his time. Remember, he's the author of salvation. He will bring it to pass. The psalmist expands on the theme of the wicked here, uh, going through his schemes and his fate. Look at him. The Lord's laughing at the wicked man because what? guess what? God knows his day's coming. The gig is up. His days are numbered. He is doomed. And, you know, he can draw the sword. He can bend the bow. And guess what? He's only going to shoot at his own heart the very weapons that they take up to destroy the righteous will be turned against them. Let's not violate God's moral laws so that we don't violate ourselves. Again, we need to rest, we need to wait on God and let God take care of the wicked. History is littered with this illustration. Verses 16 to 34 brings us to the lot of the godly. Better is the little of the righteous Then the abundance of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord sustains the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their inheritance will be forever. They will not be ashamed in the time of evil, and in the days of famine they will have abundance. The wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord will be like the glory of the pasture. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not pay back, but the righteous is gracious and gives." For the blessed by him will inherit the land, but those cursed by him will be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong, because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. I've been young, and am now old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or his descendants begging bread. All day long he is gracious and lends, and his descendants are a blessing. Depart from evil and do good. So you will abide forever. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his godly ones. They are preserved forever, but the descendants of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. The wicked spies upon the righteous and seeks to kill him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand or let him be condemned when he is judged. Listen. Wait for the Lord and keep His way, and He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. You know, oftentimes the godly, the righteous, have very little of this world's goods in comparison to the riches of many wicked. But you know what? We are really better off. We will endure, but while at the same time the wicked, with all their riches, their arms are going to be broken. They will not be able to use what they have. Remember, God upholds the righteous. And this David here elaborates upon the theme of the previous stanza. He says, God knows the days of the upright. Literally, God remembers them. He keeps them in mind. The upright, the godly, the righteous have an eternal inheritance. And second, when judgment comes, in the evil time, in the days of famine, the righteous are not going to have anything to be ashamed of. God's going to keep them. The wicked, they're going to perish. They're going to vanish like the glory of the pasture. They're going to be swept by fire. They're going up in smoke. God's going to smoke them. The Lord's judgment is swift and complete. Now this doesn't mean that as godly ones, as the righteous, that we're going to have trouble-free lives. We're not promised that here. What we are promised is that God will keep us and that His judgment on the wicked is not going to fall on us too. That doesn't mean we're going to have easy times. Doesn't mean we're going to have trial free lives. But the judgment that's going to befall the wicked, being cast in the hell of the lake of fire, that isn't going to fall on us. Because we're in Christ. And He has taken the judgment we deserve upon himself. He goes on in this psalm, and I, I want to highlight a couple things here. It says the wicked actually steals. He says they borrow, but they don't repay. And at the same time, the righteous give out a mercy to those who have not. See, the righteous people are not known for borrowing and not repaying. The righteous people are known for, hey, if I have something to give, let me give it to help somebody else. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. That's right. The righteous man is directed by God. He's confirmed by God. His steps are ordained, ordered by God. And if the righteous happens to fall, and we will, praise God the situation is not terminal. He shall not utterly be cast down. The Lord will uphold him with His hands. God's not going to leave us when we fall. He's going to pick us up, brush us off, and set us back on the path. David goes on to say, I was once young and now I'm old. In other words, he says over my entire lifetime, God, I have never seen God forsake the righteous, nor my descendants begging bread in poverty. Now, based on those observations, he says, depart from evil and do good. Why? Because the Lord loves justice. You see, to do good is to act justly. To do good is to live according to God's will. Are you living according to God's will? I don't know God's will. Well, open the Bible. The Bible's filled from cover to cover with what God's will is. God's not willing any spirit, but all should come to repentance. There's where you need to begin. Have you repented? That first step in doing God's will. Why should we live moral lives? Why should we live good lives, ethical lives? Because we will inherit eternal life. That's one. Two, because God loves justice. Three, his saints want to please Him. For God's power and presence are with us every day of our lives. Wait on the Lord, he says. Again, wait on the Lord. Wait for God to act. You sit down before God in silent expectancy. You simply obey God's will. You keep His way, and He'll exalt you. Okay? Okay? He'll take care of the wicked. He'll bring everything where it needs to be. You don't need to be scheming. You don't need to be fretting. You don't need to be coming up with your methods and how you're going to work this situation, that situation. Wait on God. Verse 35-37, to look at the judgment of the godless. I've seen a wicked, violent man spreading himself like a luxuriant tree in its native soil. Then he passed away, lo, he was no more. I sought for him, he could not be found. Mark the blameless man, behold the upright, for the man of peace will have prosperity. The psalmist's assurance here is that the final judgment is going to come based on the present experience of seeing the rich and powerful fade away. Listen... They, for all the money they've got, none of one of them has escaped death. They've all died just like the rest of us. And guess what? They had great power, they lost great power. They had great riches, they lost great riches. Just like that tree. It was once luxuriant, finally it withered up and died. But the blameless man, the person who is complete, morally sound, has a destiny of peace. Listen, if you don't have peace, you need to ask yourself, are you blameless? Or are you a transgressor? Are you violating God's will? Because the violator of God's will is going to be destroyed. Their end is death. Verse 38 to 40, But transgressors will be altogether destroyed. The prosperity of the wicked will be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. He concludes his psalm here with a triumph of salvation for the righteous. Salvation is from the Lord. God is our strength. We can flee to Him. He'll give us help and deliverance. He'll save us from the wicked. He'll secure us because we trust in Him. We seek Him. And so Psalm 37 ends, sounding forth the good news of salvation. You know, throughout this psalm, only two categories of people are seen. The righteous and the unrighteous, the godly and the godless, the regenerate and the unregenerate. And while the wicked may prosper for a moment due to unjust gain, know this, believer, their judgment is certain and final. It is the righteous who are held, who are kept, who are saved by Yahweh. As we commit our ways to Him, as we trust in Him, as we wait on Him, as we rest on in Him, He will act. And in His time, we will inherit the promises of peace and prosperity that He has in store for us. The wicked, those cats are going to pass away abruptly. They're going to burn like grass. They've got no substance. They are only grounded in time and time will come to an end. Our substance is in the Lord. We're grounded in the Lord and God does not pass away. He is eternal. His kingdom is eternal. And one day he's going to deal with this problem of evil. His justice is going to be swift and we as the righteous are going to shine forever as the psalmist says as the noontime sun. Praise God for the security we have in him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you have secured us. And that, Father, we do not need to fret because of the wicked day. We don't need to fret because of the evil person. We don't need to uh, do anything, Father, other than simply trust in you, delight in you, walk according to your ways, and wait or rest in you. Oh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to those ends. Help us to put our faith wholly on thee. Help us to put everything on you. Lord, help us to be satisfied with you. Lord, help us to sit down and shut our mouths and let you do the work. And Father, we thank you that as you do, you will give us security. You'll give us confidence and comfort in evil days. We thank and praise you for that. In Jesus' matchless name, amen.